This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? We're trying to get, we're trying to get afternoon delight out of my head. Hey, th- this is your home for the decision 2022 election night coverage brought to you by 23 Personnel. Oh, that's right. We were going to completely cut in and uh, report on all of the elections here around town, here in all of the state of Texas. But before we do that, we should probably get to the podcast. Hold on, though. What, you know, we could talk about what we're going to talk about on top of election coverage because it's just going to be – we will get to it. Um, we just have a few things to cover first. Just know we'll get that back to, to this. Yeah, yeah. This is exactly – this is why we're logging on right now. We were trying to dig up some – some proper electric, electric election coverage music, and uh, it just just not f- anything that really tickled our fancy that really captured the momentous election that's going on right now. The most important, most important election of our lives, I believe. Yeah, because you know, um, Michael and I are 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 a little more. We live in the gray, more so than <laughs> than the white and black. So we were trying to find some, uh, well, we were going through our options and we're like, no, there are too many people that don't, don't like that, that outlet. There's too many people that don't like that one. And we just, we just, uh, yeah, we, we were so non-committal to our bit <laughs> that we didn't want to offend anybody. So <laughs> right, we didn't even want to be like, oh, well, that's the theme song for that channel. And people obviously don't like that because of this or, well, well, then there's this one for the other channel and people don't like, okay. And then we then we tried to Spencer go to Anchorman. Even, we tried to go to Anchorman, and it yeah, was, we got we Afternoon to get the Delight, generic <laughs> Anchorman music, and now I've got Afternoon Delight stuck in my head. It's not bad. Yeah, good times. Good times. Well, if you want to follow us uh, on Twitter for all of the hard hitting breaking news as it happens, especially tonight on election night, you can follow us at Twenty Three Personnel, Michael at Michael underscore LBK, and me Spencer at Punts Suck. You can also follow us. Hear us Saturdays, 10 to noon. Talk 103.9 on Rob Rose College Tailgate Show. You know what, Michael? Every now and then, they let us host the dang thing. Whoa, that did happen this last Saturday. <laughs> it did. It was uh, just Michael and I. It was a podcast with commercial breaks. That's what I'm told. Because <laughs> we're not We did a great job. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, what I can tell you this much. They will not be docking our pay. 
no, I, in fact, I, I may need to go to Robbie. Like, Hey, we need to, we need a double dose for this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's, let's get a little bit more cash. It was as scripted as our normal podcast episodes. There were, there was quite a bit of notes. There's not like a normal Rob wrote college tailgate show that the consummate professional that Rob is, was able to keep us on without any notes. Michael and I, not at all. We needed notes. Yeah, we gotta have some. We, we gotta have some idea about what we're gonna talk about, like like nonstop election coverage, which is coming later. Sure. Sorry, go ahead. Um, the other thing that like that was just cracked me up in reflection was just trying to think of ways to wrap up a segment as the as the break was coming, and I said some really stupid things. I think that, you're a little. You're being a little hard on yourself. There were only, well, hold on. There were, there were a couple of breaks that were like very hard cutoffs, right? They were like, we had to be off. We had to be done by a certain time. Those, there were two of them. Those two, I think I was fine on those two. It was the other ones that like, they, they were floating breaks, like, which you would think would make it easier, right? Like as we're yeah. kind of wrapping up a topic, like, all right, we're, we're going to go to break. But then you say that, you get the, the producer's, you know, attention. He starts the music. There's not really a countdown. And then you're just like... Uh, uh, what do I say? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to producer Nick too. Oh, he kept us on the air. He, it was fantastic. He yeah. always, he, he came in during the breaks and was like, Hey, on this next one, you'll have, uh, all these different cues. It's like, man, it's great. And you know, yes. for, for those in the know, like there are countdowns on, on the hard breaks. So he gave us the one minute, 30 seconds, 10, five. It's good stuff. We needed it, man. We, we needed him to, to, to carry us. And he did. Yeah. Much appreciated. This weekend though, uh, should not be the 23 personnel called okay, show. It should be the, at least, at least three of us, I would assume uh, full, full room there with the night game. We'll see. Rob Rose, call, <laughs> Rob Rose college tailgate show, 10 to noon, one Oh three, nine FM here in Lubbock streaming online, KKM.com and on the talk one Oh three point nine mobile app. And as you know, Michael and all of our fine listeners, episode 311, today's episode brought to you by Sports Drink with a fresh headquarters, Michael. That's right. Signed a lease today. We've got, a, we've got an official headquarter building now. Brick and mortar sports drink. The studio and coffee bar. We, yeah. We may... For, for other reasons, but for, for this reason, need to make a trip down to New Orleans. Oh, is that where it is? I, yeah. I thought it was in Georgia. No. Andrew's in NOLA. Oh, okay. But well, he's a big Georgia fan. That's why I got confused. Yeah. Anyways, today's episode, 311 of the 23 Personal Podcast, brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Rise and all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. That's spelled like sportsdrink but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. Michael, we've got football to talk about, TCU game, analytics, in air quotes, I guess. Mm. I, I feel like that, that, that word is thrown around with no or little comprehension what it means. And I'm not saying that, that from us or from our fans. I think it's like just general broadcast. We've hit like three weeks in a row. The broadcasters are just like flabbergasted that Texas Tech is going to go for a fourth down. 
Oh, and whoever the guy was with Houston was the same way. Yeah. I can't remember. Is that Rod Gilmore? Maybe. Any, anyway, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more. We'll, we'll look at uh, injury updates, starting quarterback thoughts, look around the Big 12, uh, get you the Kansas Jayhawk preview, and then uh, this may be a part one episode. This may be a two-parter. <laughs> and if it is, part two will be a basketball recap covering the Northwestern State, the victory over Northwestern State on Monday night, and a quick look-ahead preview to... Thursday's game versus Texas Southern and the next Monday's game versus Louisiana Tech. Newsflash, the analytics like you a lot in both of those games. We'll also look around okay. the rest of the Big 12 basketball. There was a scare, and then there was an outright defeat where the home team paid the opponent to come in and they lost to them. So we'll talk about all that and more. But first, Michael. We're not going to check the election. We're going to get to football first. You ready? Okay, then then election coverage, right? Oh, for sure. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, let's right, do it. it. Chuck keeps it himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown! Two out of the end zone. Picked off. And it's picked off. Pick six. Jeffers. Slager able to escape. And that picked off. seconds to go 62 yard try garibay has his foot into wow. it it may be long enough it is good it is good it is good jonathan garibay has won the game with a 62 yard field goal oh my god can you believe that Woo! all right this weekend texas tech falls to tcu in fort worth 34 24 I think closer than Michael and I anticipated, but watching the game, fourth quarter, not as close as it, the final score to indicate. There was a time when they looked like they were going to go up 28 points on you, or 24 yes. points. It looked like it was going to be 41-17. Um, you stopped them on fourth down, how was it, inside the 10? And then you went on like a 95-yard drive yourself, uh, to very nearly get a backdoor cover there. Cameron Valdez, I get it. Like, TCU was just, like, playing off, but, like, still. <laughs> he picked yeah. up 70 yards and three carries. That dude is something else. Um, defense, like, I have no qualms with how the defense played. And I know you're like, well, the, 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 the team, they gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter, which is something I want to talk about in a minute. And they gave it 34 points and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but 
No, the, the defense wasn't the problem. And this is not this is something we've said basically in all the losses. It's not on the defense. They played as well as could be expected for majority of the game and then broke. Um mm-hmm. so at least for me, Michael, I, I don't want to speak for you. I think a lot of it has to do with the offense and how it's just been so um cold. Ineffective. Yeah, inefficient. Yeah, Stagnant. Um, the, there, are, there are so many different reasons why, Michael, and I'm not going to say like it's the offensive line. I mean, that's part of it. Sure. Um, I'm not going to say it's the starting quarterback or even like the quarterback rotations or going for and fourth down, putting you behind the eight ball because that definitely blew up in your face this weekend. Um, so... I don't know. Where, where do you want to start, Michael? You want to talk about like the rushing game that like seems to be effective but underutilized? This, these are my my words. You want to talk about the starting quarterback or the quarterback rotation? Or do you want to talk about analytics and how this weekend it, it blew up in your face? I kind of want to touch on the analytics first just because okay. I, I feel like I had a hand in this and I just want to apologize to everyone. Because at one point I had the bright idea to say Texas Tech is three for three on fourth downs today. <laughs> oh, it was you. And then they never they you never made it. another one. Yeah, I'm, I was that guy for for those who believe in the the Twitter jinx. So yeah, I'd, I'd kind of like to dig into that to that a little bit just to continue where we were starting in our in our promo. Sure, Gus Johnson just uh, flummoxed. Just could not believe. It's, I don't expect, it's like, it's kind of like me trying to understand crypto. Like oh, somebody does. Go back to that, yeah. Yeah, somebody does. Someone out there in the world does. And people are building billions of dollars of infrastructure to mine it and to update the blockchain and whatever the hell else is involved in the lingo. So it's happening. People are doing it. And just because I don't understand it necessarily doesn't mean that the people doing it are dumb or making, you know, wrong decisions or whatever. I kind of felt the same way during his entire rant about analytics is like, well, mm-hmm. just cause you don't understand it. Th- that's fine. Just admit you don't understand it and move on and admit that someone out there is doing the math. Someone is crunching the numbers and this staff is just basically taking that data and making some decisions based off of it. Is that, is that correct? Is that really yeah, kind of and, what's going on here? Well, so what, what I would say is like, from our perspective, we don't know what the data says. I, 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 of course I fa- not, no. I found some examples that was, uh, that was pu- pulled together by a blog, which may be underselling the, the value of the, this website, but it's called the 33rd team. It was, it was NFL focused and they looked at uh, a stat that we talked about last week, um, Oh, it's, it's EPA. I'm, I'm blanking on what it stands for, but it's something about points added, expected points added. It is a EPA basically has a point value of every spot on the field where a team, like, yeah, expe- expected point value, expected point added. So like if you run a play from a certain yard line, like there, there is a point value added to it. And if you end up scoring points on that drive, then the difference is the value of that drive, right? Anyways, they take those numbers, they break it down 
literally a hundred yards of the field. And for, I think they, they had it for fourth and one to 10 and in like in one yard increments. And then they grouped a, a few yardage to get like fourth and 11 through 13 and 14 through 15. Anyways, what they came up with is a chart basically that tells a team with on fourth down, you've got three options to kick a field goal, to kick a punt or to go for it. And it says, if you're this many yards away from the opponent's end zone and it's a fourth and one, literally everything on the board says go for it. <laughs> it says, or with this example, the, the, the ones that, that are being used, I'm sure have a lot more detail there. It includes score. Um, it may even include like where in the game it is in terms of time left or maybe anticipated possessions left. I don't know how that's broken down. This one, very rudimentary, just says if it's fourth and one, basically anywhere in the field, you, you should just go for it. Mm-hmm. If it's fourth yeah. and two, you should go for it. If you're like inside the opponent's seven, and then there's like a, a, a block from like the eight to the 35 where you should kick a field goal. If you're outside the 35, you should then go for it again until you get to about the opposite 35 and then you should punt. So anyways, it has this, this these tiers broken up. What coach, which what coach Joey McGuire and the text tech staff has probably is a much more detailed version of this that includes down in distance score time in the game that basically takes the decision-making out of their hands so they can focus on calling something else. Right. So like if you get to this point, um, don't, don't spend five seconds trying to decide, should we go for it here? No, the, the, the numbers that we ran through this system say it's giving you a more, a higher chance of success in the game. If you were to go for it here, even if you don't convert, which I think that's the other thing is, Right now, we're looking at those three fourth down attempts late in the game that were unsuccessful, right? And everybody's like, it, we got burned. And we did, right? Texas Tech, absolutely, the game snowballed because especially those late two fourth down attempts where you gave TC the ball in their own side of the field and they scored touchdowns quickly on you. Whether or not the game was still within reach, realistically, um, is one thing. But the way that that, ha- that broke down... I think the biggest thing I would want to point out though, Michael, if we are committed to, to Joey McGuire and, and him being the head coach here for the next few years, and this being the general direction and trend that college football and the NFL is heading is not like something novel that Texas tech is doing. All we have right is hindsight. Like we can second guess the hell out of something if it goes wrong and we can say, wow, what, what, what balls on McGuire to go for it there when it's, <laughs> when it's successful, right? Like if you were to mm-hmm. fourth and one and you like had, had Donovan Smith thrown the ball to Taj Brooks and he scored on that fourth and one would have been like, holy crap. Like this team geniuses, genius, yes. big brain. Everyone, like, oh man, we can't pay these guys enough money. This upset a top 10 team on the road. Possibly. What I, what, I'm, what I want to posit, though, is like if we want to be the team that goes for it the most, kind of need to also 
expect some level of failure in this or just non-success, right? Like, okay, so you're going to go for it and it may, you may pick up a first down 50% of the time. You're going to have to be okay with that 50% of the time where it doesn't work. And you have to be okay with kind of understanding that the coaching staff understands with the advanced knowledge and stats that are available to them going for it there, put the team in a better position to win, even though it ultimately end up hurting the team, right? Like it's, it's a, it's just part of the decision-making that's being made ahead of time. Right? So one, when, when the broadcasters are, are just blasting the coaching staff on, on, why, why are they, why are they going for it here? Just be like, just, just let it roll off your back, man. Like they, they don't understand. It's fine. Yeah. And also we also need to be kind of aware that like, if it's unsuccessful, it's kind of what we signed up for and it's going to be okay. Cause this is our identity and a coach is committed to something and damn it. If that doesn't feel good <laughs> to have yeah, a mean, guy that knows I, what he wants to do and then is executing it. Right. Right. And it does like it, I'm not saying it makes him, um, you know, gets him out scot-free for going with the analytics, but I hadn't considered how that is just an automatic in their tool, in their toolkit. You know, they're, they're not sitting there like you mentioned earlier. Oh, it's fourth and three. We're, we just crossed midfield. What do we do? They, they don't have to do that. They're just like, it's fourth and three, three. We've committed to um, looking at the mathematical statistical probabilities of this game called football and we're going to go for it here because that's that's most advantageous for us at this position and i i like that and i never really considered how probably that helps the, the team and that helps the the coaches and the players i think it's really um we've talked about i don't think you and i have really had any hot takes on going forward on fourth down i, I think once we realized that that's what they were going to do, I, I felt like I don't want to speak for you, but I was pretty much immediately on board as if yeah. like, okay, this is it. This is our new thing. We're, we're, we're going to get out there and we're going to go for it on fourth down. Fine. We can still second guess things. Cause we're going to second guess what they ran on third and nine that, you know, forced them to punt anyway. So we would second guess that too. Um, but I, I, I trust that they're not just, they didn't buy just some spreadsheets from a guy outside Jones AT&T stadium. I think they've done their homework and they they're using statistical models put together by a reputable source and they're doing things as they should. Yes. And, and like you said, I mean, it's just not going to work every time. Like right now, and despite, despite how it went this weekend. Yeah. They ended up 50%, I think when, and that's right about where they are on the year. I'm looking up the season stats Texas Tech has gone for it 42 times on fourth down. They've con- they've converted 25. So that's almost than 50%. That's right at 600. Yeah, it's right at yeah. 600. That's good for that percentage is good for 35th in the country. But the attempts is good for number one by a long shot. Central Michigan has gone for it 31 times. They're second. Texas Tech has them beat by 11. So when you are number one in a group of 131 schools at anything, that is a thing you do. Like the year that Patrick Mahomes was wielding our sad football team 
to like the best offense production in the country and the best third down percentage in the country while also having 128th passing defense and all that other BS. That's when you just know this is, this is your identity. This is different. So people are going to know to do this and Gus Johnson, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You didn't read anything. You didn't have any more prep done besides we just go for it a lot. They're going for it. Hold for it down. That's what they just punt the ball. Yeah. Oh, come on, Gus. Well, and nine games in too. Like this is like this is established. Like we're. It would be weird if we stopped going for a fourth down. Yes, I think I think you and I would probably have a stronger take if all of a sudden McNamara punts nine times against Kansas. We're gonna be like, what are we doing? Fourth and one, <laughs> we punted. What? The, where, what? Where are the it's, balls? It's, it's like it's fourth and three at our own 25. What are we doing? We're bringing out the punter? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I, I think we'd, <laughs> we'd kind of go against it then. But you brought up some good points. I, I And I think most most fans are with it. And like you said, the second guessing is easy. We've just got to be conscious of it um, because I, I have done that while I'm in the middle of a game. I'm trying to get better about it. Like when Smith would come in on those first three fourth down runs. I was like, I don't know about this. And then even if it works, I still don't know about this. You know, I still don't feel good about this strategy, but then it works three times in a row and I kind of shut my mouth. And then the fourth time happened and you're like, okay, well I can't really, I did kind of question it the other three times, but it did work. So I mean, yeah, and at that point nothing to prove to me <laughs> at that point, Donovan Smith was three of four on fourth down attempts. Still a pretty good day. Yeah. Anyway, I think I think we're on the same page there. Okay. So from there, let, let, let let's go to quarterbacks because we did hear that uh, Baron Morton's going to be out this weekend. Unfortunately, that angle ankle was re injured, re aggravated enough that he's going to be held out for this weekend's game against Kansas. What are your thoughts, Michael? Did did you have a preference on who is named starting quarterback? I totally did until and. <laughs> I did it's until be- I saw Shuck play. It, okay, okay. I was going to say it's because you wanted like he, you and I probably both wanted like if we're going to be without Morton, I think we kind of defaulted back to saying then let's put Smith out there. Yes, um, I was. A friend of mine was texting. We were texting back and forth. You know when when Morton went down, like well, Smith's obviously going to come out after half, right? And no. We were kind of surprised that that didn't happen because I've criticized Smith. I mean, he takes too many sacks. His decision making is not quite well, as fast. We say that though, and then when you and I looked at it, Morton has a higher sack rate. He's got fewer pass attempts, and like it, it works out where he's taking sacks more often than Donovan Smith was. Like yeah. so, Donovan Smith has twice as many sacks as Baron Morton. I think it's like nineteen or it's like eighteen to nine. Right? Oh my gosh, that's so many. But Baron Morton has more than half the number of attempts that Donovan Smith has. It's like two thirds of, of what Smith has thrown. Right. So like, well, sorry. No, it's the other way. Like it, it works out to where Morton is getting, it was sacked more often than Smith was. Unless I'm totally misremembering that, which is also a possibility. But yeah, like we, we were talking about it. it was like, well, we just kind of assumed that Smith would come out. And then we saw how Shuck played and there were throws in the game. You're like, has he always had this 
like not as strong of an arm as we remember? Like, is it just be, like, is it our our um, our perspective now because we've seen Baron Morton's arm, um, right? And, and now, like, when Shuck comes in, you're like, wow, it's just not as it doesn't have the same zip. It just doesn't doesn't fly out of his hands the same way. Or is it that like he's still working back into game shape? I'm not sure, and I, nobody probably knows except for the coaching staff. But I remember you and I were in the studio, and he threw his first pass, long pass out of the timeline. I was like, "Ooh, oh, that was really slow." I was like, "I was like, that's going to get picked." I <laughs> know uh, it was like a we were one Mississippi to oh gosh, okay, thank God. Yeah, um, that was almost another pick six thing. There were a couple of those. Um, so I, I was. I don't want to say I was like adamant about, I just felt like I had seen Smith do as much as he could. And sure. A lot of it can be behind faulty offensive line play. I mean, Texas tech right now has 30 has 34 sacks. They've given up 34 sacks on the year. That's 126th in FBS. I mean, poor, poor Kentucky has given up 36 Tulsa 39, Colorado State 43, Akron 47. Those are the only teams that have given up more sacks than our beloved Red Raiders. So there's obviously something there that is not necessarily the quarterback's fault. And I, I'm, I'm beginning to learn that, that, you know, Smith taking the sacks that, as I was calling it, may or may not be as his, uh, you know, as much on him as I originally thought. But mm-hmm. Even after all that, I was just kind of thinking, well, let's let, let's see. I, I wanted Morton to start when it was clear that all three could play. I still wanted Morton to start. But then I was kind of leaning on, well, maybe Shuck can come in. I still don't know why he got thrown in and at the end of uh, uh, the Baylor game. That just seemed kind of odd timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because he did, we got to see him and I went, oh, no, I don't think he's ready to be back yet. And then he didn't look ready last week either. You know, at TCU, he was nine for 22 with an interception. I mean, it just was not. It wasn't a good looking day. He's completing and, less than 50 percent of his passes on the season. Yeah. I mean, the, these it's last shut. two outings, because yeah. I think he was like seven of 10 or whatever it was mm-hmm. against Murray State before he got hurt. And so these last two outings have lowered his average that much. Since then, he's gone nine for 24. Oh, he didn't complete a pass against Baylor? No, I don't think so. Oh, man. Because he's 16 of 34 well, in the yeah, season. He did. Completed one. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So going back to the, the, the sacks, I was, I was in, I was incorrect, but it, it, it's not. Okay. Here's what it is. Donovan Smith. 18 sacks on 221 attempts. That's just over like 8% of his dropbacks or sacks. Baron Morton has 12 sacks on 168 attempts, which is like 7% of his dropbacks. So okay. Smith was taking more sacks per, but, but not by much, but not by much. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, when you've got 34 on the year, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, a team. And still surprisingly, this surprised me. Donovan Smith, at least in the rating from ESPN, still has a significant higher rating than Baron Morton. And I don't know if it's yards or completion percentage because he has he, he's he was completing almost sixty six and a half percent, whereas Baron Morton's fallen to fifty seven percent. 
Um, Donovan Smith has 12 touchdowns to eight interceptions, and many of those interceptions were just backbreaking. Baron Morton has seven touchdowns to six interceptions. That's probably where just that, that number is so close together now. Tyler Shuck, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So, yeah, I, I, I would have thought it would have been Smith. We did hear from, from McGuire that it would be Shuck this weekend. Does that change your outlook for the game? But before we, we jump into that preview section, I, I feel better about him getting a full week of first team reps. I mean, that's as good as I can feel because yes, it was so limited and yes, it was Murray state, but he looked on top of it. He looked good to go and what little bit we got to see him there, but then he gets thrown in these games unexpectedly. He doesn't look ready for it. Um, So maybe a full week of practice, kind of like I alluded to, I think I did this in the instant reaction, but then also tried to, cover myself because the Kansas game was still on and Kansas went on to win in uh, against Oklahoma state. So, um, pretty convincingly. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I don't want it. To, I, I, I'm trying really hard to make it sound like, Oh yeah, well, this is perfect for Shuck to come back. Cause he's only got to play Kansas at home. And it's like, no, no, it's Kansas. It's a, it's, it's not your granddaddy's Kansas. This is, this, this is, a, is a pretty good team. It's a six win Kansas right now. Yeah. This is a bowl eligible Kansas in this second week in November, man. This is, this is going to be a, uh, a tough game to win, but I felt like at least it's at home. You know, that was just kind of my main point I was trying to get across. Yeah. So I, I, I don't feel great, man. I really don't feel great about it, but I feel better knowing that he knows and he's going to get the first team reps and maybe Kitley and and company can kind of gear things will kind of tweak the offense back to what he's yeah better at because that was what they've been claiming this whole season is they have basically three offenses that overlap in a lot of ways but then they also it's like basically a Venn diagram of <laughs> yeah. quarterback offenses and so Shuck's got his circle over here and part of it overlaps with Morton and Smith, but that he's got some, some tools in his toolbox that they want to use that maybe the other two guys don't have as readily available. So hopefully we'll see that. I'm just kind of based off what I saw when he got thrown into the last two games, I was not impressed and felt like I would have rather seen Smith out there. Yeah. Well, and, and there were, there were certainly times that we felt like the game plan was certainly built for Baron Morton. And we were trying to fit a square peg in a round hole there with, especially when you look at all the, the QB option stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like Shuck may be a better runner than Donovan Smith, but like it just felt like it didn't fit right. Like you were still on the Baron Morton game plan with Shuck in the game. I don't get running the guy at all at this point. Any of them. I mean, don't, don't run him. (laughs) Don't run him at all ever. All three have have been hurt and missed games. Yeah. Yeah. Have we not seen between him and um, Bowman? You know, I think Bowman made some of those decisions himself, but there are guys that that for, for no fault of their own that can get hurt easily. And they, if they've been hurt repeatedly, don't make them run the damn ball. I mean, I, I see part of it just being a scramble. Things happen, but a designed running play, I, I don't, like tempting fate 
at that point, especially when you've already got one guy in a boot on your sideline and you're out here running the guy who just got back from an injury a week ago. A broken collarbone that he had surgery yes. on. Again. And his backup may not be 100% either recovering yeah. from injury. Yeah, let's let's be a little... Sorry, I didn't mean to get fired up on that. I, I just didn't, I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> well, so with that though, you would think, and, and it's not, it's not as simple as just like relying more on the running backs, right? Cause we, we've talked about it and, and I want to go back and talk about preseason. And I, I was, I was fired up about saying, no, Kitley's not going to change his entire offense and he's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to change who he is and his philosophy because the talent in the running back room. But maybe, you know, maybe he should. I mean, well, it, it, so, so far this season, he's changed it a little bit, though. I he mean, has. You've, you've, tracked, Tech, you've tracked it. Yeah, Texas Tech is, is averaging forty-seven pass attempts this year per game. Uh, Gitley's career, he was averaging more than fifty, just over fifty-one pass attempts per game. So that's up. Or sorry, Texas Tech is down about four pass attempts per game, but he's up almost ten rushing attempts per game. The success rate is about the same. Um, so, you know, I, I, I was, I was wrong back then saying, oh, he's not going to run more. It's going to like, he's been so consistent over the season. I was pointing out how very consistent he had been. And they were averaging about 29 rushes per game every year even if you were to take the, the COVID season and, and project it out. Um, but you look at, you look at the running backs this year and it was one of the, the only basically position groups on the offense you felt good about coming into the season, the running back room, Shrodrick Thompson, Taj, Taj Brooks, those two guys beasts. And then you've got, you know, Cameron Valdez, you've got Bryson Donnell coming in. Those guys are going to be good to spell if, if we need to, but man, on this season, both of those guys, Thompson and Brooks, are averaging right at five yards per carry. There, yeah. there have been games, and I, I get some of the games have been a little inflated with some garbage time. There have been games where they're averaging six and a half, seven yards per carry. We're like, we need to run them more. And like, honestly, I, I, I'm kind of of the opinion, run them until their average isn't seven yards a carry anymore, until it comes back down to four yards a carry which is about <laughs> average. Yeah. They're, they're above about average. Normal. Thompson this year, 97 carries, 481 yards, three touchdowns. I, I didn't realize how close both these guys were. Brooks, 96 carries, 479 yards. Big difference here is he's got six touchdowns and Thompson's three. Both of them averaging right at five yards per carry, but the team is ninth in the Big 12 in rushing. No, you, I didn't you, realize that they were that close either on carries because it seems like there's one game, you know, he'll lean heavily on Brooks one game and then mm -hmm. lean, lean heavily on Thompson on another. And I never really looked up to see that <laughs> one carry, was, two yeah. yards separate the two of them. Wow. So and obviously you, you can't become one dimensional, right? Like you can't just abandon the pass and, and just like, well, Shuck's arm isn't there and, and we don't run when we get hurt. So we're just going to run the ball every time um, because you know, honestly, part of the running success has to be because they, the defenses are trying to honor the pass, right? They're trying not to get beat by Kitlin's pass defense, or sorry, in his, his passing offense. But also, like, again, if they're averaging five yards a carry, 
they should be running the ball more. Especially yeah. now when you have the injuries in the quarterback room, even just to protect them, run the ball more. We'd love to see that, especially this weekend against Kansas. It's not a great defense. I've said that now. As, as good as we feel about the Texas Tech defense this year, <laughs> in terms of like in the Big 12, we're actually now trending towards the bottom of the Big 12, which is really unfortunate with the, the, the job that Tim DeRuiter's done because comparatively to the rest of the conference this year, it doesn't look good. Compared to last year and just historical Texas Tech, the defense has been outstanding. Yes. I, I would love to see Kitley be like, you know what, we're, gonna, we're not going to full-on go like option because I, I don't want the quarterback running. I would love to see a lot more pistol runs. Just, just get some of these guys going downhill. <laughs> and I, yeah. know, I know that's not the offense. I, I just would love to see the, the ball run more, especially with the success we've been having. You want to wrap up the, the TCU game real quick? So yeah, no, we, yeah. We've been kind of dancing around it. The defense, uh, again, I, I start, started off earlier and said, I don't really have a problem with it. This is the second week in a row. They've given it 21 points in the fourth quarter. Um, being outscored in the fourth quarter, I went back and looked at this because at least two weeks kind of stood out. I was like, well, what's it look at the rest of the season? It's not good. <laughs> not good, Michael. And, and now granted these are in losses. So take that in, in consideration, but in games you lose, you're being outscored 73 to 22 in the fourth quarter. Jeez. Now in, in the re- like in all of the fourth quarter, you're being outscored 86 to 59. So you're doing better in the fourth quarter in games that you win, but you're still pretty heavily being outscored in the fourth quarter. You're, you're basically uh, in the wins. You're like, you're, you're getting a big enough lead and just kind of hanging on, which was kind of peak 2010, 11, 12 Texas tech wins, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially with Tuberville. And I, 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 I think back to that 2011 Oklahoma game, you got out like a big lead on Oklahoma and then you're yeah. just like, you just one to seven or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like I, I, Oklahoma. I so many, oh. so many times if that game was three minutes longer, tech would have lost or not even mm-hmm. three minutes. Oklahoma just ran out of time. <laughs> yeah. They just ran. They really did. That was one of those people hate to say that, but that was exactly what happened there. They ran out of time. So seeing that I, I looked at the rest of the quarter scoring, uh, you're also being outscored in the first quarter, 46, 24 and losses. Um, but in, the rest of the season, it's tied in 62-62. So obviously when you're winning games, you're much more aggressive and faster to get on the board um, because you, you're, you're, you've got that swung the other direction to, to tie it. Um, now, the middle two quarters, you are fantastic. You are 158 and 110. You're outscoring opponents 158 to 110 in the second and third quarters combined. And wins, you're doubling up opponents 90 to 45. And even in games where you're losing, you're still outscoring your opponents on the season, 68 to 65. So for whatever reason, first quarter is bad. Fourth quarter is horrendous. If we can kind of level it out. <laughs> now, yeah. the Baylor and TCU games are obviously kind of outliers, but there was a, there was a game early season. You gave up 17 in the fourth quarter. I think it was uh, Kansas State. Where like it was a close oh, yeah. game and then it got out of hand. Um Part of that is, is your offense is just not giving your, your defense a break, right? Maybe, perhaps you ran the ball more. <laughs> you kept the defense off the, off the field a little bit longer. Um, that would help. Special teams. Uh, I, 
I don't understand it, Michael. You're still trying to return kicks out of the end zone. That I thought we were done with that because it had it no. had happened for a while. It's important to get to the twenty six, but they're not getting the twenty six at all costs. I don't know. It just it, it feels like you're just giving up free yards there. Uh, you had you gave your first punt return or kick return for a touchdown. There were a couple that have been close so far this season. This one, I think, finally broke through. I would say there were a couple of iffy blocks. Yeah, I saw that on the replay. I felt the same way, too. Um, and the, they, they were at least in the ear hole. It was very close. That that, that kind of ties into like, I'm not saying the, the referees like cost you the game because it was bad both ways, but that was one of the worst games I've seen in a while. And I'm not saying like it was the worst and that they were just so bad in general. They were like the face mask call on, on Tyree Wilson. Like Duggan is kind of dipping his head as, as his hands get in there. So like you can kind of see on a, on a, on a replay, like you would think his head motion and then his hand is up there. But then you see the replay, like, his hand was on a shoulder pad, man. Like it was way out here, not on his face mask. That drive that um, where TCU scored their first offensive touchdown, it would just they were carried by mistakes or flags or whatever. However you want to lay that down, you know. Mm-hmm. There was um, and I don't I I can't remember the the specific circumstances. And I, I tweeted about it, but it was like there was a play that was. It benefited Texas Tech, but it was incorrect. Oh, you, you, you know what it was? It was that that fly sweep to uh, Nehemiah Martinez, and he fumbled it. That should have been an incomplete oh, yeah. pass because he pitched yes. the ball forward, and he kicked it, and it rolled around the yes. ground. I was like, that should have been an incomplete pass. Now, what, yes. did, it, did it affect the outcome of the game or that drive? No, probably not. He didn't pick up very many yards on that, uh, and it wasn't like TCU had come close to recovering or anything, but that's a fairly easy call to make, right? Like, like if you're in the game, you're watching it. Like he didn't hand the ball to him. He tossed it forward to him. Um, it was just bad all the way around, man. Um, so I think the other thing I want to do is just wrap up on the, uh, on the injuries. We talked about Morton being out, um, Ty Buchanan, the, the offensive line, the right tackle came in. Uh, he had come in for Monroe Mills and Matt Keeler. Uh, he rolled an ankle. He'll be out. But it looks like Monroe Mills and Landon Peterson should be coming back. And then Trey Cleveland, I think, should have cleared his uh, concussion protocol. He was working out last week, but didn't apparently, supposedly didn't didn't clear protocols in time to, to make it to the game. Um. I haven't heard anything about Fungi. Was it Fungi that got hurt or is it just uh Sparkman and Bradley? Bradley. It was is Bradley and 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 Sparkman. The both No, I hadn't I hadn't seen anything in particular either on those. So I maybe maybe he'll have a little bit more on his coach's show on I, th- I think Thursday night he does yeah. that. Maybe he'll Again, elaborate a little bit. Maybe maybe this means we need to be uh feeding Brooks and Thompson more. Yeah. All signs point to that. Um, I think that's an excellent game plan. Uh, (laughs) Just from two guys out here thinking about it. I mean, I think 
Tech has the opportunity to run against this Kansas team. Yeah, which we'll get to in just a second. Not there yet, Michael. Calm down. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, well, and we'll get to the election results too. I, I want to keep. Yeah, I want to keep reminding everyone that we'll get to that. Hey, but speaking about the polls, though, let's uh, let's talk about the CFP ranking. Week ten was it like the second week for this? Yes. Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, TCU at number four. I was kind of surprised by this. I uh, so right behind them is eight and one Tennessee, eight and one Oregon, and seven and two LSU. So can I, I was, can I just be honest, Michael? And yeah, I, I, I'm sure people want to say like this is sour grapes. I think all three of those teams that are directly behind TCU absolutely beat their ass i think you're i don't know about oregon but because i really see with them LSU, uh, yeah they could I, I, just embarrass like i well because they could try not keep to a, be a starting quarterback healthy the whole time i mean the tc's well, luck is going to run out some sometime this is insane or maybe it's not luck michael is that their fifth game i think so i think it's five in a row where the starting quarterback and the opposing team has gone down I think the only time that it didn't happen was in Morgantown. So I don't think it was, I don't know if it was five in a row, but it's definitely, yeah. I mean, we're about to play anyway. I don't want to get too far ahead on the Kansas preview, but I'm surprised they did this, but I think the college football playoff people are smart and they just know this crap's going to work itself out. There's a very good chance TCU is going to lose to a three loss Texas team this weekend. I mean, that's, that's a possibility because if depending on which Texas team shows up, they look really unstoppable or they look like they can't do anything. And so I'm not sure which one's going to be there, but they looked really good this last week. I know, um, you know, the Kansas state, I mean, I had a lot of hope for them. And so to see what they were able to, to do against Kansas state was pretty telling really. And it's just such a weird team. Texas is just all over the place this year. But uh, TCU, man, I'm with you. I I saw it with my own eyes this last week. They were on the ropes, and Tech basically handed them the game. And after a lot of penalty-aided calls, handed them their first touchdown in the fourth quarter on offense. So it's... It is what it is. I, I think they yeah. they're they are a bad, they've got to run out of luck at some point. I can't remember if, if it's if it's the the basketball. Yeah, because I think it's I think it's Ken Palm that 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 has a, a luck metric. If there was a Ken Palm luck med- metric for football, the TC would be off the charts, man. Yeah, it, it they would be they would own that metric. Uh, so we have a full slate of games. All ten teams are playing this weekend. Still looking for that uh, Iowa State kickoff time for Texas Tech. We're in the six-day window, so we'll hear about it Saturday or Sunday. Um, Gosh, that annoys me. I, I won't rant about it again, but <laughs> every team, every single game for uh, November the 19th? 19th will not be decided until Sunday. There will not be a single Big 12 kickoff decided until Sunday. And that's just insane to me. Yeah. This weekend, you've got Oklahoma on the road and Morgantown to take on the Mountaineers at 11 a.m. on FS1. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Stillwater ESPNU, 230. 
And then three night games. Kansas at Texas Tech, 6 p.m. on ESPN+. Kansas State at Baylor on FS1. TCU at Texas on ABC. Well, that one's at 6.30, so there's a little stagger there, but not much. Sure would like to see a second game at 2.30 or a a second game at 11, kind of spread things out a little bit. But, you know, this may have been, if if it's true what they say, that if your game's on ESPN Plus that the home team can pick, Tech was probably wise to go with a 6 p.m. kick. I think they'll get more more butts in seats as opposed to a 2.30 or an 11. Would you have preferred a 2.30 kick to a 6? For the Tech game, no. See, I think really. I may have, because I, I don't, at least not yet. I, I don't think the night game has that much of a bearing on the atmosphere right now at Texas tech. I don't think it means that much. No, that's, that's fair. I, I do think though, that I think they could, well, they set the time before last week. I don't know. I just do um, think they're kind of reading the room and maybe 6 p.m. means more people show up, more people tailgate, more people come out as opposed to 2.30. Uh, 6 gives everybody that has, like me, who's had a kid with soccer all year, and this is finally the first <laughs> weekend without soccer <laughs> I get to go, even though they've scheduled some other thing at noon. It's like, come on, guys, how long does this season run? I'm... I don't know if I'm going to go to this thing at noon. Let's we don't have to celebrate the soccer season, but it's fine. It's good. It's good for the kids. They're five. And you're going um, to the game, right? The yeah, the I'm going to this game. game. Yeah. So it worked out because um, I was like, oh, it's six o'clock. The, we don't have a soccer game. It's going to be cold, Michael. I know. I'm kind of excited about that. I'm, I'm kind of weird about that. Cool. Well, want a red enjoy. nose. Want it to be runny. <laughs> it's going to be great. Gross. But, All right. With but, that. Yeah. Let's let's Go jump ahead. into the preview. Um, Kansas State coming to town, like I said, on Kansas. ESPN Plus. Kansas, the Jayhawks. Texas Tech open as a four and a half point favorite. It's dipped down to three and a half over under set right at sixty five. Jayhawks so far this year are six and three, three and three in Big Twelve play. Already bowl eligible. I don't know if that takes any fire out of them for this game because they're not fighting for for bowl eligibility anymore. They're not competing for the you know conference title. I don't think. <laughs> I don't yeah, think they have it in them. I think but, they're statistically ruled out. <laughs> um, but they are 6-1-2 and two so far this season against the spread. They are 2-1-1 one and one against spread away from home. And they are, for the over, they are 4-0 on the road and 4-2 and as underdogs. So, so far this year, they have defeated Tennessee Tech, West Virginia, Houston, Duke, and Iowa State. Then went on a three-game skid versus TCU, OU, and Baylor. Defeated Oklahoma State, and it was not close, man. It finished no. uh, twenty-one points. It was it was a bigger lead than that earlier. Yeah, even the, the final score of thirty-seven to sixteen doesn't really give Kansas the complete credit they deserve. They just I wish we had played this. Oklahoma they ran State that team. game from like yeah, they ran that game from like second quarter. It was it was kind of over <laughs> that fast. Offensive. Something I said. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Something I said last year. Sorry, I, I just kind of wanted to touch on this because mm-hmm. I said it, not really jokingly, but just kind of because, like we talked about, we both took the over. We thought, well, Kansas is going to win 
three games this year. And we thought we were just really patting ourselves on the back. Um, because last year, you know, Kansas went on a skid last year. They lost eight in a row at a combined score of 119 to 371. And so each game they lost on average 46 to 15. I mean, they just got hammered and eight losses in a row. The three losses they've had this year, the most they've lost is by two scores. 12 points. Yes. They lost by 12 points at Baylor. And I mean, this is just a different team, you know, 31, 38 versus TCU versus number three or the number four team in the country. They lost 31, 38. They lost 42, 52 at OU. That one was, that seems closer than it was. OU kind of, I think, I think Kansas scored a little bit late in that one, but still the, the most they lost by so far this year is 12 points. So after that eight game skid last year, they went to TCU lost by three and they hosted West Virginia and lost by six. And I looked at that and those were really close competitive, well-played games. Yes. TCU had fired their coach. Yes. West Virginia wasn't like awesome, but for a team that had lost eight in a row, to after they beat UT to then, you know, lose two games in a row to by one score. You feel like I, I wrote, I wrote in my notes here, momentum shift with like nine question marks. <laughs> and I was like, maybe there's really something here. Maybe there's really something going on in, in, uh, in, in Manhattan or uh, Lawrence, but that was definitely just kind of pie in the sky thinking. So it, I just wanted to point out too, that yeah, this team, just even just at a broad, at the broadest sense, even when they lose games, they're not, get, they're not losing by 30. Like they lost last year. They're just losing. They're losing a competitive game. They are a competitive team who everyone needs to take seriously. Fans, players. I hope you've all been focusing on Kansas this week. Like, like you need to, because if, if you're not on Twitter, <laughs> if you're not on Twitter focused on Kansas, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you're just, you're just, feeding the L into the energy. So I just wanted to get that off my chest real quick, that it seemed like they were kind of making a quick turnaround last week, last year, but I just was like, uh, you know, you never know if that's going to pan out, but to lose eight in a row, beat Texas and then lose two conference games by a combined like 10 points. That's kind of saying something. And it was, turns out maybe. So offensively, the Jayhawks are led by offensive coordinator Andy Kotelnicki. Kotelnicki, I'm probably saying that wrong. Surprisingly, Michael, I was surprised when I saw this. They are number 22 in S&P Plus for their offensive unit. Overall, the Jayhawks are number 44. Texas Tech is 50. The advanced measures have Kansas as a better football team, Michael. Gus Johnson would not believe that. Or maybe he would. I don't know. So the number 20 narrative, maybe the number 22 S and P plus offense will be facing the number 71 S and P plus defense in Texas tech this weekend. We may see Jalen Daniels. He was supposedly available last week. Um, He hasn't played since TCU a month ago. Uh, But if it's not him, it's, it's Jason Bean. Who's been pretty much the same dude. I mean, he's been pretty good. Uh, but if it's Daniels, what you're going to see passing on the year, uh, he's completing 67% of his passes for 1,000 yards, 
11 touchdowns, two interceptions, 9.2 yards per attempt. On the ground, he's 53 carries, 371 yards for six and a half yards per carry and five touchdowns. He is the second leading rusher in yards and carries, even though he's missed a full month of the season. Like I said, if it's not Daniels, it'll be Jason Bean, uh, who's also completing 67% of his passes, also for right around 1,000 yards, also for 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, though, 9.6 yards per attempt. On the ground, he's carried the ball 34 times for 237 yards for 6.2 yards per carry and three touchdowns. If you had told me with how well Jalen Daniels had started the season that he'd go out and Jason Bean would come in and duplicate everything, I always said you're crazy, but here we go. Yeah, I mean, that's like Spider-Man meme right there. You, me, you, me, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those two guys, almost, I mean, Jalen and Jason, just down to the name. It's it's very similar. Um, Just one better. Yeah, going through that, I couldn't believe how close they resembled each other as far as production. And, you know, Daniels, uh, you may have mentioned it. Which team did he go out again? TCU. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, of course. Jerks. So he could play. I, I don't know. I couldn't find anything definitive, and I don't know if you could either, but no. I know that he was technically – they were saying he was available, so we'll see if if he's if that carries over to this week. Yeah, and then on the ground, um, running back-wise, they're led by sophomore number four, Devin Neal, 5'11", 210 back. On the year, 118 carries, almost 800 yards, six and a half yards per carry, seven touchdowns. Uh, It's only caught 12 passes on the year for 143 yards, another touchdown. It's a combination of Jalen or Jason and Devin Neal that's going to make this offense go. Uh, Through the air, though, not terrible. Uh, Redshirt sophomore Lawrence Arnold, 6'3", 200 guy, 200, sorry, 27 receptions for 420 yards, 15 and a half yards per catch, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Luke Grimm, junior receiver, 33 catches. So he's got a little bit more than Lawrence Arnold, 365 yards for 11 yards per catch, three touchdowns. Other receiver to look out for, redshirt sophomore, number 83, Quentin Skinner, 6'5 guy, 190, 18 catches, 309 yards, just over 17 yards per catch, four touchdowns. And then tight end, senior, number 89, Mason Fairchild, 6'5, 260, 15 catches, 225 yards, 15 yards per catch, and five touchdowns. Yeah. So he has five TDs on 15 catches. He has the most touchdowns of any receiver on the team. Um, yeah. Look for, look for the tight end in the red zone. You might cover him. Hopefully. Um, yeah. You, you did find that teeter cup and Tharp have a touchdown apiece, whereas Fairchild's got five. Yeah. He's got five on his own. Every third time he catches a ball, it's a touchdown. <laughs> Yeah. Defensively, they're led by Brian Borland, the defensive coordinator that has been with Leipold for eight years now, going back to the, their days in Buffalo. Uh, that team, uh, that unit uh, led Buffalo or led the Mac in total defense, rush defense, and havoc plays, uh, tackles for loss and sacks. This year, they are led, at least in those two categories, t- tackles for loss and sacks by defensive end number 47, Lonnie Phelps, 6'3", 245, dude coming off the edge with eight and a half tackles for loss, six sacks. Uh, defensively, 
As a unit, though, they are 78th in S&P Plus, coming up against the number 35 offense for Texas Tech. Um, They've got two guys with 69 total tackles each. Safety, number one, Kenny Logan, who also has two interceptions and a forced and recovered fumble. And linebacker, number 30, Rich Miller, who on top of his 69 tackles has another interception. Turnover margin. Yeah, go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. Double? 69s <laughs> nice okay yeah no there, there's two guys uh and i i, I hammered uh was it baylor i think that was led in tackles by safety it seemed to work out okay for him that's fine and they're they're number two guy <laughs> their other guy tied for first is a linebacker and 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 maybe it's like a uh marquise waters muddy waters there he's playing up close to the line i haven't watched enough of them to know their scheme and follow who where Kenny Logan lines up, but he's uh he's racking up the tackles. Turnovers on the season, they are plus eight in turnover margin, which is pretty good. They've thrown four interceptions on the year, lost seven fumbles. Defensively, they have caught 11 interceptions and recovered eight fumbles. When Texas Tech has the ball, we are passing for 319 yards per game, just under 6.8 yards per attempt. On the ground, Texas Tech is running for 143.5 yards per game at 3.7 yards per carry and converting more than 41% of our third and fourth down attempts and scoring just about 33 points per game. Defensively, Kansas is allowing teams to throw for 280 yards at almost or just a little over 7.8 yards per attempt. So more than a full yard per attempt higher than what the Texas Tech offense is currently uh, averaging the defense also is allowing teams to rush for 156 yards per game at 3.8 yards per carry. And Michael, they are horrendous at getting off the field, allowing teams to convert almost 50% of their third and fourth down attempts. Ooh, let's do this. They allow teams to score 29 points per game against them. Now on the other side of the ball, when t- Kansas has the, when they have the ball, they are throwing for 229 yards per game at 9.4 yards per attempt, running the ball for 207 yards per game at almost six yards per carry. They are even better than their defense is bad at converting third and fourth downs. They are converting almost 53% of their third and fourth down attempts and scoring almost 38 points per game defensively Texas tech is allowing teams to con- complete 250 or to pass for 215 yards at 7.1 yards per attempt running for 157 yards per game at four yards carry converting 31 percent of their third and fourth down attempts and scoring just under 30 points per game so michael at the line with the line being three and a half over under 65 where do you see this game going? I think that I'm going to go with the the analytics on this one in honor of the in honor of Gus Johnson. Not really the analytics. I'm just looking at kind of their history against the spread. We went we went into their six and three, no six and one, and two pushes on the year against the spread, and the over their four and zero. Oh, when they're away and they're four and two when they're an underdog just in general. So I'm taking the over 
and I'm taking Kansas. I'm picking Tech to win, but I'm not picking Tech to cover. So I've I've got Tech winning 37-34. That hits the over of 65. Um, just barely Tech not covering, but I would not be surprised if Tech lost this game. But I just feel like it's my duty to pick them to win this game. And so I'm going to, cause they can, you, you went through this. I mean, their third and fourth down conversion rate, this offense, if it's humming at all, if the running game is productive and the guys are getting some touches, it's really going to be hard to keep this Texas tech offense off the field, no matter who the quarterback is. Um, I know that there's some question marks at wide receiver, not quite sure who's coming back. At least Cleveland's going to be able to come back, but I think this offense can move this ball against this defense. Um, and, but then I think Tech's defense is going to have kind of a rough day too. It, it doesn't matter which quarterback plays. So 37, 34 tech wins and it's, it's not going to be uh, a comfortable win. I don't like it, Michael. You pick what would you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Walk I'm, me through it. I'm 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 looking at their splits, right? Home and away. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because that that feels like a a place to start. Um. Their offense doesn't really change. I mean, okay. Well, it does a little bit. They are completing only 60 percent of their passes on the road. Uh, for 218 yards, running for 175 yards at five yards per carry on the road. Um, they still put up a lot of points. It doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't seem to matter where where the game is. With the game, I I I I can't talk myself into a, a loss to Kansas, Michael. Okay. I don't like the matchup. I don't. I, I I kind of do. I kind of do. I'm I'm talking myself into liking the matchup as best I can, but just knowing that, uh, just for a variety of factors, I think this Kansas offense can score on our defense. Yeah, and, and maybe and like I seventeen. Think... It may be seventeen fourteen in the third quarter, and then all of a sudden, both teams score four touchdowns. I don't know. The way that Kansas plays offense has me worried about one of these late game collapses. No, well, they've got a running back averaging almost seven yards per carry. Yeah. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> the flip side though, is their defense isn't that isn't very good. Sure. Um, they allow teams to complete almost eight yards per attempt. 156 yards on the ground. And they allow teams to convert very nearly 50% of their third and fourth down conversions. So maybe this is a get right game. Like even if it ends up being kind of a shootout and kind of a close game, you get enough momentum in your offense going. But I guess that kind of leans back towards who do I trust more? And, and I don't, I don't, I don't have a gut feeling on if I trust the Kansas offense, or the Texas tech offense more sadly. So emotionally, I'm going to say Tech wins this game. I'm going to say they cover. Maybe. <laughs> and you're just killing it over there on the. 
I got nothing. I'm 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 just kind of beat down so far. I I I'm I know. Like I I don't want to make a it prediction help that to be right. Started and basketball's kind of exciting right now, and football's just kind of feels like a slog. Yeah, and it's like, been let's these, just get through this. <laughs> these past couple weeks have not helped, man. No, I'm 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 fighting like trying to predict what I want to see versus what I think may happen. And then also balancing right. that, like, is that realistic? Do I want to be right? Of course I want to be right, but I, I couldn't care less. So give me Texas tech 50 to zero. Screw it. <laughs> there it is. He's putting it out there. Kansas will not score. No, I mean, so let's, uh, let's see a 50 burger. Has Kansas given up 50 points yet? Yeah. They gave up 52 uh, to Oklahoma. Yes. Um, that was it, though. Let's see. Yeah, 50, 52 to Oklahoma, 38 to TCU, 11 to Iowa State, 27, 30, 42, 10. Sure. Give me a tax tech to score 50 here. Okay. You're speaking live right now. I, I appreciate that. Are you really going to go 50 to zero? No. Okay. Give me a 51. He's thinking he was thinking really hard. I could tell. It's a lot of points. It's a lot, it's of, a lot points. of points. That might be the over. <laughs> it's comfortably the over. And that's probably that's way off. SMU Houston levels, but it's up there. Has, I, mean, I, I don't even care. I just, what I want to see is I want to see the Texas Tech be able to move the ball. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't like the, the, I don't like the matchup with the defense. I've, I've talked about how I think that the rush defense is the best part of the defense, but eventually if you get pounded enough, even if you're on the ground, it it's going to break, right? And they run for six yards per carry on the season. Six, Michael. It's quite a few. It's quite a few yards. So I think you win this they're one. They're doing that. It's not like they. It's not like they haven't played anybody, Paul. <laughs> they're doing that against TCU and Baylor, OU, Iowa State. You know, one of the best defenses in the conference. They're doing that against those teams. If you want to look they're at almost, FBI. We've got yeah. this uh, just about the same percentage to win this game as you did against West Virginia. I I I think you matched it much more <laughs> favorably against West Virginia than you do against Kansas. When they gave us the ball a lot, that was really helpful of them. Yeah, I mean, nice if, to do that. if Bean wants to throw the ball to sure to our defensive backs, the few times he drops back to throw, or if. Uh, Neil wants to have a couple of really unfortunate fumbles, man. We'll take, we'll take three and then some. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe even being throws a couple interceptions and they bring in Daniels to shake things up and Daniels throws a pick six that that would, that would be fine. Yeah. All right, Michael, I'm, I'm going to call an audible here and I'm going to say we're, we're going to, we're going to hold off basketball until tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll do basketball later. So we'll wrap this one up. Uh, we'll get to what do we learn uh, and then be on the lookout in your feeds for our basketball recap and previews uh, 
on Thursday. So let's get to what do we learn? What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, I've got one question for you, Michael. Mm. And, and and this is like this is a instant reaction to what do we learn? Is the McDonald family a Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving family? We we are not, but I think it's solely because I'm the person who goes in the attic. If if my wife went up in the attic, then we might be. But since it's me that's going up there and digging all this stuff out, I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it later. <laughs> I don't want to go to it right now. Because <laughs> cause really, you know, the, the year of COVID, that kind of broke me. Like, I don't care. Okay, it's, it's um, you know, the trick-or-treaters are leaving. Play Mariah Carey. That's fine. People can do what they want. I don't care about Christmas music. I used to have really strong opinions on that. I used to always tweet out, you know, hashtag war on Thanksgiving, just jokingly for like weeks, all of all of November. I don't care anymore. I, th- there was something about COVID. I was like, if people want to have Christmas for two months, go for it. I'm here for it. Let's watch some movies. Let's let's do it. So I've, I've definitely softened on that over the years. I'm sure a lot of it's just becoming a dad. But uh, but yeah, I I do think my wife and my daughter both would be all about decorating right now. But it's solely because me, the guy who climbs up in the attic, is like, nah, I'm not gonna. And they know not to like push, you know, because they know <laughs> it's kind of early. They know it's kind of early, so not, so they haven't like flat out asked me to go do it. Because I probably would if they just if they flat out asked me to do it, but they're just kind of like. Well, I mean, when it's, should we start getting the Christmas decoration? Or, you know, just kind of, you could tell that it's on there. But what about y'all? We are not. Um, My neighbor has her Christmas lights up. There are so many houses in our neighborhood. Had them up have, for a week. <laughs> there were several in our neighborhood that had lights up before Halloween, which I think is just too far. <laughs> um. Not that we had like specific Thanksgiving decorations growing up or even like Halloween. We didn't really decorate a whole lot for Halloween, but it was like a tradition or just the, the routine in our house is like good Friday, not good Friday, black Friday, Friday after Thanksgiving, my mom put me, my brother, my, my stepdad to work. We would pull out all the decorations for Christmas. We'd spend all day, all weekend basically sitting at the house because she has a ridiculous amount of Christmas decorations. I think she's up to four trees. I think that's kind of where we've landed as a family is, is and the timing of that just works well. Cause I'm off work a lot. Yeah. We can, we can pack up the fall decor and you know, you just, you just have more time to do all that stuff on top of the regular house maintenance that you've got to deal with. And so it was just like, yeah, let's, I think that's kind of when, what we, where we've settled on, even though we don't have like a rule or anything. So I don't know. There's just something about I I want to have Thanksgiving and then I'm I'm kind of that person now, especially where I could see us the day after or the day of going in, getting some stuff down. They might even start putting it out, whatever. We might start playing music. Who cares? It's just I found myself singing Christmas songs and I was like, I, I've, I've typically been like opposed to like, what is happening? I'm like, stop. Oh, but I was like, I was doing I was like, hmm. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, I was, I was a, I don't, I mean, not a Grinch or anything, but I just really liked Thanksgiving. Oh, I love Thanksgiving. 
and I still do. And yeah, just, there's so many things happening that are just right up my alley. People are just, you're just eating, you're cooking, you're hanging out. It's too cold to really do a lot of things outside. So you just have to be inside, (laughs) be bundled, (laughs) watch, watch some, some football. Watch a lot of football. There's basketball on now. It's going to be a Maui Invitational. Lots of football. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Yeah, man. All right, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. So we wrap up the TCU game, our thoughts on how the football season going. Get you ready for the Kansas Jayhawks game this weekend. Hopefully it's a, a bit of a blowout. We'll see. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.